The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to an episode of The Crowncast. And if you are looking around for stuff to do when it comes to football, you are not alone. You know, <laughs> there are there are people out there, and I'm I'm one of them. I think that the the international game of football is a spectacular thing. I think it has a place in the world. I think it it brings people who are not normally fans of football into the game, and uh, you know, especially like the Olympics, it allows us to cheer for our teams and and you know root for our countries. But for those of us who are regular fans of club football. Well, it just feels like a distraction. It's yeah, it just makes us feel empty, like like we should be doing something, but we're not. And here to feel like they should be doing something, but they're not with me is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. You know, I think the big thing here, right, is like the matches that matter, the World Cup, like you mentioned, the Olympics, the the international breaks where there's something that really matters. It's very easy to get very excited about. Ooh, U.S. men's national team is playing. Hooray. When when we take an international break, and I understand the value of an international break like this one, a lot of players, you know, there's this Nations League going on in Europe. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, the U.S. men's national team is playing tune-up matches before the, the World Cup and everything. But... They're friendlies. They don't matter. Um, a lot of times, the only thing you get out of it is more upset because it's a friendly. The officials don't call a whole lot. They let play happen. And when you get a team that wants to play a little bit dirtier, you run the risk of a lot of injuries. So you look at it and you just go, I don't care. And in fact, if anything comes out of this, it's it's going to be something that upsets me. Yeah, I, I do feel like it. Like I said, it has its place, but I do feel like the the international break we're in now maybe has less of a place. Uh, actually, you know what? Here's a good talking point. So we're going to deviate from our script a little bit, but you know what? It's internationals week. Wait, let's be honest. We don't have much to talk about anyway. Um, there is a real conversation happening about the fact that the way this works in the world is unsustainable. And here's what I'm going to give you, Justin, and I'm going to ask for your opinion on it. If you owned a business and you bought a $400,000 piece of machinery and then the United States was just like, oh, hey, we're going to shut you down for a week. We're going to take your machine out of your building. We're going to run it into the ground as hard as we can. We're probably going to break something on it. We're not going to pay you anything for that. And then we're just going to sort of dump it back on your doorstep and hope that you can just get right back to firing. It's not a great situation for the clubs. Like, yes, we all love cheering on our teams and especially for the, the countries like Brazil and, you know, even the USA now who who really like national football is something that the whole country gets behind. It's a big deal for the players, but it is not a great deal for the clubs. A lot of clubs return in the premier league and the MLS and, you know, league in the Bundesliga. And the first three weeks after an international break are often chaotic because really they can't put the same quality of play on the field because players are injured or well overworked. 
you know, where do you stand on this, Justin? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not good for club football because it, it, we have seen club sides absolutely fall apart either side of African Cup of Nations. You know, I remember just a couple of years ago, a lot of the players in the Premier League, you know, you're talking about guys like Masala, you know, you're talking about guys like uh, like Ngola Kante, you know. No, yeah, no, Kante, French. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you're, you're talking about a lot of these Premier League guys who go down and they end up playing in African Cup of Nations and it's mid-Premier League season and you end up with players hurt and it can derail promising campaigns the flip side of it is you can find maybe younger players in, in other leagues and all of a sudden you know transfer windows and they become big targets and they get the opportunity you know because they showcase their skills on the world stage like that they get the opportunity to move in and and you know get opportunities but it's it, you know to go back to your analogy it's not great for the clubs to have to hand off their machinery um and then, you know, it, it, hope that it comes back okay. The issue is, if you tell the machine it can't go, then in the future, other machines choose not to come play for your club. Yeah, very <laughs> true. Very true. Um, I, I do think it's one of the things that's going to have to get sorted right now. And we aren't experiencing this as much in the MLS as we might be experiencing it in the Premier League or in Liga. Um, the schedule for football is jam-packed tight. And realistically, the reason it's jam-packed tight is because everybody's trying to put their hand in the money pot. Um, you know, there are a lot of, of different competitions now. There are a lot of, you know, national things going on. There are European games going on. Uh, I think I saw some ridiculous stat that some of the Premier League teams coming up for the next, like, until the end of the season are going to be playing something like 2.4 times per week. And that's insane. I mean, that's no human being can run around that much. And, you know, we're going to see it, it in the MLS, too. We're going to see a little bit of that. Uh, thankfully, it, it will be a little bit more towards our downtime. But I do think we're going to start to see how how games rack up and how it puts legs or puts time on the legs of the players. Uh, Justin, the internationals, really quickly, we can go through it. The U.S. men's national team went out and played football, question mark? I mean, in the loosest sense of the word, yes. Like I mentioned, that this is a tune-up before the World Cup. The U.S. men's national team, uh, under the management of Greg Berhalter, uh, commonly called Good Guy Greg, by the uh, U.S. fans, not necessarily an endearing uh, nickname, uh, went out, played 180 minutes of football, played 90 against Japan, played 90 against Saudi Arabia in international friendlies, trotted out a fairly strong lineup. This is pretty close to what we're going to see starting at the World Cup and did not score a goal in two matches. Lost 2-0 to Japan, absolutely got destroyed by Japan, looked a little better against Saudi Arabia, but still did not manage to, to put together a goal. Um, there's I, I, as a U.S. men's national team fan, 
am a little concerned about the performance because I, I think a lot of the players that we saw, you know, we saw Serginio Des, we saw Weston McKinney, we saw Christian Pulisic, who we got to see as Charlotte FC fans just a, a little while ago uh, when Chelsea came to play that friendly here in Charlotte. Um, we saw a lot of these guys. We also saw them not being able to score. Uh, we saw a tentative side that didn't string together well against Japan in particular. We gave the ball away constantly. Um, U.S. men's team is, I think at this point, 53 days away from uh, the World Cup kicking off, and we have our first match against Wales. We have 50, 53 or 54 days with no more time of this team sort of being together to get it figured out. It's not promising. Yeah, it, it doesn't look ideal. And I, I will say, as somebody who spent a significant portion of my life in Japan, uh, that was a little bit bittersweet. You know, I kind of got to see my two homes play and I, I got to be excited for Japan that they did well, but I also got to be very sad for the U.S. men's national team. I, I do hope that that is something that uh, uh, they come back stronger from. I hope this is them figuring it out and they figure it out, but uh, they, they don't look ready yet. I am going to move us along because we have a little bit of a special episode for you in the second half of this. We'll get to that uh, just momentarily. Really quickly, we do have a couple of players out there playing for their international teams. Uh, Karol Swiderski for Poland uh, does come away with a goal. If you have not heard the news, uh, he is tapped on by one guy, little unknown guy, uh, Levin, Levandowski, Levandowski, Lebinski, something like that. Little unknown yep. football player taps a ball into Karol Swiderski. And then just to spite me, I guess he hits it beautifully one time, does not take his six setup touches, uh, but does put a goal in for Poland. And that is their go ahead goal against Wales. So congratulations to Karol Swiderski for his international cap and his international goal. Uh, Jordi Reyna has featured a couple times for Peru, but uh, has not really made sort of any impact to note Peru not doing overwhelmingly well in their match against Mexico. Admittedly, Mexico, a pretty strong team on the world stage. Uh, we can talk Charlotte Independence real quickly, Justin. I know that you have recently found out that uh, Charlotte Independence is up for a goal of the week, and it's pretty special. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I think it's Omar Sisse scores this. Uh, Sis scores this. Um, absolute banger! A free kick that gets knotted down, and he comes running on from the the back of the box, or, or from outside the box, and smashes this thing from about probably 25, 30 yards out, and and just uh, off the crossbar, down and in. It's you know this is um, what a hockey player would call a Bardowski. Really beautiful goal. Uh, and, and, you know, it's fun to talk about the independence. We do have a lot of players who, uh, who play, you know, sort of jointly between Charlotte independence and, and, uh, the Charlotte FC, uh, we've seen Chris Haggart a couple of times. And I think Haggart made the USL team of the week last mm -hmm. week. Um, Coa Santos plays down there, uh, our, I guess, third string goalkeeper, uh, is down there with uh, with the independents and starting for them as well. So, no, it's good to see that. It's good to see, you know, uh, uh, some really good quality play out of the USL side here in town. Okay. 
Um, it is good to see the Charlotte Independence doing well. And I will say Chris Haggart looks like he's he 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 looks like an in-between of that league and the MLS. He he does look like he is just tearing it up down there. Uh, which is good. Hopefully that is is talent by which he can he can bring to the next level. Uh, we are going to essentially siphon this along or or shove this along because it is an international break. Uh, we have some some random news out there that we can pick from, but we would much rather give you something a little bit more fun. And that is that a long time ago, we had an idea. We had an idea that we would go out and we would find all of the beers that were associated with Charlotte FC that came along with the team uh, or have been made by players from the team in the case of one Christian Fuchs. And uh, we gathered together some people who actually know what they're talking about when it comes to beer. And then we stuck me in that same room for what I can only assume was comedic value. Uh, and uh, we tried the beers and we're going to tell you all about them. Uh, Justin, anything you want to say before we send the people way, way, way back to the past? No, uh, go ahead and enjoy the, the beer pod. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, Charlotte FC stuff when Charlotte FC is hopefully back playing this Saturday. Yep. And, uh, we will see you after that. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and uh, that little intro there does, of course, mean that you are, in fact, listening to The Crowncast, a show where we talk about really everything that has to do with Charlotte FC. Honestly, we're getting a little bit weird here, but uh, we're coming at you with bonus content today. This isn't a Wednesday podcast. This is not a post-react. This is extra content just for you, the listeners, because we love you, and we put out citywide a survey that is definitely real and not fake and self-serving at all. And uh, the city decided the two most important things about Charlotte is, in fact, Charlotte FC, which makes sense, uh, and beer, which also makes sense. So we decided we'd combine the two for today's bonus podcast, and we'd talk about three of the beers that have come out surrounding the team. And I love beer. Uh, beer is near and dear to my heart, but I actually don't know that much about beer. So I had to go out and find people who actually do know something about beer. They are joining me today, the first of which is Katie, former writer of Food and Booze and co-runner of the Barley and Hops Meetup. Hello, Katie. Hi, happy to be here. Uh, second up is Morgan, craft beer enthusiast and also a runner of the, craft, of the Barley and Hops Meetup group. Hello, Morgan. Thanks for having me on, Logan. And finally, we have Brandon from Lenny Boy Brewing, which you, uh, you might know of if you have been in Charlotte Ever. Uh, hello, Brandon. Hey, don't pleasure to be here. Uh, so, guys, I'm so excited to have you all around me today because if I was the one who had to sit here and tell the people what I was drinking, it would not make a lot of sense. Uh, we bring in the pros where the pros are concerned. We let the football players uh, play the football, and we bring you guys in for the drinking. Please take that for the compliment that it is. Uh, special thanks to uh, both Katie and Brandon. Uh, for supplying the beers we have here today, as well as bringing in some cool little rainbow-colored glasses for us to, to drink out of so it's all nice and sanitary. We're going to go through the beers. We're going to talk about uh, their characteristics, what we think about them, why they're individual, why they're special, whether they hold up to the team. And then our surprise little bonus episode part, uh, inspired by Katie herself, uh, we are going to pick a player for each beer 
that we feel represents the beer. Uh, so uh, those of you with, with lots of high-end knowledge on the players, I'm looking at you, Brandon. Uh, you may be able to, to weigh in a little heavier there. Uh, so let's start. Uh, we're going to start with the Mint City Collective beer. Uh, Morgan, would you would you pop that one open for me? Ah, it's, it's a good sound, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a great sound. Um, so the Mint City Collective beer, we're going to go first and foremost over to Brandon because the Mint City Collective beer was made by Lenny Boy, and you had quite a hand in this. Do you want to tell me how this beer came to be? Yeah, so um, I'm one of the members of Mint City Collective um, here in Charlotte. Um, obviously, they're uh, one of the supporters groups. Uh, you can see them. They've always learned mint everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I joined them even before we announced that we were having a soccer team. I got kind of wind online one day, just, you know, Twitter or whatever else, and um, just had a feeling that Tepper was going to bring soccer to Charlotte. And um, joined Mint City Collective 2019 and uh, pretty was pretty active on, like, the, their Slack and Twitter and all that. And pretty soon became known as like one of the beer guys, um, in the, uh, in the group. And, uh, so, um, last year we did a little trip up to, uh, Boone to watch, um, uh, their like NASL team, um, just like, uh, pretty amateur, but, um, basically I just supplied all the beer for the, the trip and, uh, we, we drank it up on the bus up there at the game, then all the way back, way back down. And, um, they always knew that uh, I kind of actually tried to sponsor a couple of podcasts from way back when, um, trying to just give them beer, just shout out, whatever else. And so one of the founders just knew that, and I've seen him around on my route and everything like that. And uh, he just came up to me one day, was like, hey, like, if you guys want to do a beer, like, you know, let me know. I was like, well, of course. Like, I would Why love would to do a, not? Yeah, I would love to do a soccer beer. Like, if you guys can, you know, we can have it at the tailgates, drink it all around town, all that type of stuff. Like, all right, let's do this. Um, and, uh, so I kind of got to thinking of like what to do. We kind of, um, talked with them, talked with our brewer to kind of see what kind of beer and, um, immediately went to like a Pilsner, um, like an American Pilsner. Cause you don't really see that. You see, you know, your German Pilsner, Bohemian Pilsners, Czech Pilsners, like, um, but something that's just like no frills, just easy drinking beer. Um, so basically just set like, Hey, John, our brewer was like, Hey, make a 5% Pilsner. And like, let's just do this thing. And uh, he basically came up with what we got. And um, so, yeah, we've been producing it pretty much all season long so far. Um, we've got another batch coming this week, actually, um, or brewed this week, be out in about a month. Um, but yeah, you can always find it at uh, the tailgates at a support lot um, around town at like grocery stores, bottle shops, uh, restaurants, bars. So, um, all right. So, I'm going to cut you off there because we're going to let you do your sales pitch later. Um, first we're going to try the beer and decide whether (laughs) or not we like it. I'm going to go over to Morgan here and Morgan, for those of us who are not beer enthusiasts, uh, what are the sort of criteria that you put on beer as somebody who really enjoys going out and trying new things? What makes you pick up a beer and go, this is special? Well, the thing that makes me pick up any beer is have I had it before? And if the answer is no, I'm going to try it. Um, I like... I like all styles of, of beer. Um, honestly, it comes down to a lot of things like what mood am I in, how hot is it out, um, what kind of flavor profile am I looking for. Uh, but what I'm looking for in, in a beer, generally speaking, like what gets me excited about a beer, um, I want it to be a little more complex, uh, right? I want it to have multiple flavor notes. Um, 
I like it when people try to experiment with uh, different ingredient combinations, things that aren't necessarily co- like everybody's making a New England hazy IPA these days. But if you're making, you know, like uh, somebody made a stout the other day that I had um, with like orange rind in it. And I'm like, that's not a normal combination. Let's give that a whirl. Okay, so, uh, you know, you have had all of the beers in front of us. You're going to get to taste them again today. Uh, but I'm going to make you say whether or not either of the, or any of these really uh, break the mold so we can get that as we go through the tasting. Katie, uh, the only person I haven't gotten to at the table yet, uh, you know, co-runner of Barley and Hops. You've written uh, for plenty of journals before. Uh, would you tell us really quick what got you into beer? Oh, that's a great question. Um when I was a magazine editor, I got invited to a beer tasting way back in 2013. And going through that, talking to the brewers and trying all the different styles got me interested in figuring out how does this pair with food? And then that paired with what I was writing about already and just kept trying whatever I could. Um, and then finally got to move out of my small beach town to Charlotte where there is plenty of beer to try. Um, and made it a point whenever there was a new brewery going, figuring out how I can write about it. Um, and then the community, like the beer community in Charlotte and in other cities we've been to is just so fun. Everybody's great. Everyone nerds out about it. Um, so it's just been very welcoming and that what kind of kept me around and making those relationships and also the beer's great. So <laughs> that is fantastic. And, uh, I have dawdled long enough. I'm now going to ask you all, please drink your beer. I know you've been waiting on that. I didn't. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go first, and the reason I'm going to go first is I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to give you the the ideas of somebody who just kind of likes drinking beer, and then you guys can all go through and, and explain to me why I feel the way I do. So uh, American-style Pilsner I know absolutely nothing about. It is very smooth. It's easy to drink. It comes off slightly sour. Um, not like a, a properly sour taste, but just to me, it comes off as a really, really clean. I think I would kind of want to be drinking this sometime in summer. Um, I also feel like it's a type of dangerous beer that you could drink a lot of very quickly and not necessarily know that you had it. I'm going to go across the table. Morgan, uh, give me your thoughts. Uh, so it's a, it's a good uh, Pilsner, to your point. Um, these are the kind of beers uh, that you want to drink when it's when it's hot outside um th- which makes it perfect for soccer matches especially here in the queen city i know it's gotten up to almost 100 degrees uh earlier this week um so what i get out of this is it's clean uh it's light it's definitely refreshing um maybe a little less carbonation than i was expecting uh, and it's a little sweet on the back end so i'm guessing there's some corn in the grain bill okay uh that is uh, i have no idea whether if you already know that's a fact or not but we're going to get to one of the guys who helped make it possible here in a minute uh katie uh go ahead and give us your thoughts on the beer yeah i think it's good um it definitely tastes more like an american pilsner than a german or czech pilsner and that comes to the malt and the yeast oh my gosh Um. the fact that you guys can tell the difference between an american (laughs) and a german i've got the right people here please continue Uh, you know or it could all be bullshit we never know um (laughs) But it is good. It is definitely one of those summer crushers, something that I would absolutely have um, in the stadium watching the games. And kudos to the label. Love using the color mint. Steps it apart from some of the other um, labels that we have going on, which tend to use the uh, 
bright blue. We see mm-hmm. that a lot with the Panthers beers and the FC beers. So makes it stand out on the grocery store shelf. So from a marketing perspective, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and to sort of add to your point there about that bright blue that you just expect to be associated with the soccer team's stuff uh, or the Panthers team stuff in doing quote unquote research for this podcast I actually went and picked out a beer that I thought was Charlotte FC and it's not it's just a Charlotte beer and uh, you know big thanks to you guys for coming around and being like that doesn't fit Logan uh, we are going to move it along uh, to one of the men who helped create this beer uh, why don't you tell us about your creation and what you were intending for the beer itself yeah so um, you know American Pilsner think Humor the Lights, you know, that's the American Pilsner you see, the Big Macro beer. Um, but, yeah, we just wanted, like everyone said, just an easy-drinking, clean beer, you know. Um, yeah, a little bit sweet on the back end you get from um, from tasting it. Um, it's not overly complex, unfortunately. You know, he said he wants something super <laughs> complex, but uh, we, were, we were going for the opposite on that. Um, so it pretty much came out how we, we intended it to do. And um, it's just become a very favorite beer in the tap room and around town. Um, so can we ask, was Morgan correct in his, his identifying what actually makes it sweet on the back end? Uh, there's no corn in the beer. In the, oh. in the we do not use any corn. But it's okay. It's not, I mean, that's, that's minus one for no, Morgan, no, everyone. I never do um, that. But, um, but yeah, we, we used, um, for this one, I think we used Riverbend Malt, mm-hmm. which is a local North Carolina malt, malt house. Um, we normally use Carolina Malt House, but they were out of our Pilsner Malt. Okay. Um, so, uh, well, in that case, I'm going to ask all of you uh, to go ahead and finish up your beers. Uh, my objective here is that by the time we get to the third one, uh, well, honestly, we don't have that much beer. I, I was hoping everyone would be a little bit happier than they are now. Uh, but uh, please do finish up your beers, and we will move on after uh, Morgan. You give us your rating, and I'm sorry, having been a part of the. Uh, the creation of this beer, you don't get to give it a rating, Brandon. Oh. <laughs> What's our scale here, Logan? Um, you know, everyone does like one out of five or one out of ten scales. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to switch it up on you. Uh, I am going to say I'd like to move to this beer meets my expectation, this beer exceeds my expectation, or this beer underperforms my expectations. Uh, and your expectations are your own. What did you expect out of a Charlotte FC beer from a supporters club? Does this meet, exceed, or or underperform it? Uh, go ahead, Morgan. Um, I'd say it meets expectations um, on on that front. Um, again, this is definitely something you'd see yourself drinking at a match. Um, it's definitely something you can drink uh, one in in volume, uh, but two, given how warm it is at some of those matches. This would be light, refreshing, um, easy to go through a couple, uh, unlike, say, a, an IPA where you're like, this starts to get warm and I really don't want to drink it. <laughs> um, but, it, like, it's a really well-done beer for the style that it is. Um, so, like I said, it, it, it meets my expectations. Okay. I probably wanted a little bit more of that complexity you talked about earlier. I'm going to turn it over to Katie. Uh, give, us, give us your rating here. Uh, I think it definitely met expectations of what you would expect out of a collaboration beer with a Charlotte brewery and a supporters group. Because have you seen the supporters section? People get a little crazy, which is great. It's what we love. Um, So it's something you could expect to be pounded 
at a tailgate and then into the stadium and you will be hydrated at the same time. So exactly what I would expect. Yeah, I I heard a stat somewhere uh, the other day. You guys can probably correct me that technically anything under like 4.8% alcohol, you are hydrating. Is that correct? (laughs) Um, That that percentage is much, much higher before you start dehydrating yourself. Okay. Do you know the do you know the actual number? Uh, I know it's north of wine. I can't remember if it's north of your standard, um, like like your standard vodka or whatnot, which is 80 proof, 40%. Uh, but yeah, anything in the beer category, I mean, the fact that it's, it's 4.8%, well, this one's about 5%. Mm-hmm. That, that means like 93, 94% of it is water. Right? I'm, so, so basically what you're telling me is beer is healthy and... Uh, no one I am not a medical expert, so yes, I'm not risking a license here. I will absolutely tell you beer is healthy in moderation. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Crowncast, where we definitely give you advice that you so choose to take under your your, your own intelligent ideas. Uh, or also just don't listen to us. We do enjoy our beer. Uh, so we have a met expectations and a met expectations. And I'm sorry, like we said, you don't get to weigh in on this one, Brandon. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we are going to switch over, and uh, Morgan, if you do me a, a favor and pop open that pitch side pilsner. While I'm pouring this, Logan, do, did it meet your expectations? Oh, God, see, now you're going to put me on the spot. Um, it did. I will say this one, I'm not particularly a, an aficionado of pilsners. Uh, we talked about earlier how I couldn't really differentiate between what a German-style pilsner is or an American-style pilsner. And so from from the kind of layman's expectation of this beer... I expect it to be something that I could drink during a summer game. And I, you know, I will say that of the Pilsners I've picked up in my life, this one's probably not my favorite, but it is good. I would be very happy if someone handed it to me and I could drink it during a summer game. So I think I would agree with met expectations. Uh, okay, we are going to move on now to the pitch side pills. Uh, this one does come from Noda Brewing Company. And because we don't have anyone from Noda in the building... Uh, I think we're probably going to be much more willing to go in two-footed to this one. Is that about right? (laughs) Okay, so uh, we kept you out, Brandon, last time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, as a brewer from a a rival brewery, I know that you all work together. I don't use rival. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, As from another... Friend. Friend Friend. brewery. Friendly brewery. Yeah. Uh, Darn, I was hoping we'd get some, like... I I, I brought Morgan in for the two-footed attacks on the beers. I'm not going to tell you the beers that aren't their rivals. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and tell us. What do you you get out of the pitch side pills? Let's see. So definitely um, definitely comes off a little bit more hoppier, um, which I believe you're going for anyway because it's a German Pilsner. Um, So it's going to have a little bit more bitterness to it because they had more hops than the American Pilsner. Um, I wouldn't say they didn't any sort of like dry hopping. When I say hoppy, I don't mean like IPA hoppy, but you definitely can tell that there's more hops used in the, in the brewing process. Um, but still just easy drinking, um, a light beer, so. Okay, yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead through a little bit quicker this time. We'll go directly to you for your expectations. Would you say this one, I mean, I, I do believe this is the official beer of the team. Is that correct? Uh, I know they sell it in the stadium. Okay. It, it is definitely sold in the stadium. Whether or not it's the official beer, we'll have to get a... Uh, I think it's the official beer of the supporters groups. Okay, that could be what we're looking at. Um, so the official beer of the supporters groups and sold in the stadiums, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon, what it, how does this rate on your scale? 
I'd say it met expectations. Um, you know, uh, it's definitely a good beer. Um, I wouldn't be unhappy if someone gave it to me. Um, nice ABV on it. It says 4.1, so a little bit more of a crusher than, let's say, the, the Mint City Pills, but um, got a decent bitterness to it. Um, easy drinking, so... So here's where I'm going to make you uh, commit to something. Oh. And that is, if you were going to take this beer and make it exceed your expectations, if you picked up a German-style Pilsner for this team that you know we all love, mm-hmm. what would you be looking for it? What would you be looking for in it that makes you go, give it to me in a Stein? That, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the difference. It. Give me it. Give me in a giant, giant Stein for a German beer. That's it. Okay. That, uh, like, yeah. Let's say that. Okay. Uh, the difference. And you between... serve it to me in Lederhosen. How about that? Uh, you know what? Uh, I do think you have to pay extra for that, but I'm sure there's I brought a, you beer. Is that enough? I'm sure there's a number that we can agree on where that happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk after the podcast. All right. Uh, so, uh, we'll go over to Morgan and, uh, Morgan, tell us about the pitch type bills. Why should people be excited or not excited about the Noda beer? Uh, well, um, I do, I do love the label. Um, the skyline is, is a really nice touch. Um, the beer itself, um, it's a little crisper, uh, than, than the last one, uh, which I, which I like. Um, it also feels like it has a little more carbonation. Um, it's lacking that, that sweet note on, on the back end. Um, and I, yeah, I do pick up, I mean, hops and German Pilsners are typically subtle because they're typically European hops. Um, but it's, it's a good beer. Uh, again, it's definitely something I'd want to drink at, at a match to, to stay hydrated. Um, it'd be perfect for a tailgate, too. Okay. Um, am I going to be uh, going out on a limb to say that this one meets your expectations? Uh, it, it meets expectations. Um, it's a beer like this. It's really hard to exceed expectations, and part of the reason for that is because this is one of the most um, – well-known styles of beer uh, in the world. Um, so, like, you have the Germans who have been mastering this craft for forever. Um, that's kind of your standard, yep. uh, and it's a pretty high standard. Um, so I'd, I'd say they met that here. Um, but, you know, in order to, like, the perfect Pilsner would what you'd need to make in order to exceed expectations on that front. Yeah, I do feel like a perfect Pilsner is a pretty high bar. And if the bar is already high from the Germans and this one meets it, we can call that a pretty good success out of Noda. Uh, Katie, uh, you want to come in and tell us your thoughts? I'm a little underwhelmed. Oh, really? Hey, we, ha- we have some uh, we have some <laughs> discord now. Let's 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 go into it a little bit. Uh- Yes. Well, it really depends on your personal preference. So this one, if you want a beer where you take a sip and then the taste is gone, great. Um, It's super subtle. So I did prefer the Mint City better because it tasted more like beer, right? Um, Give me a couple of IPAs in the hot sun and I'll switch to this and I'll be happy, like Mm -hmm. super, super happy. But if I'm comparing them apples to apples, I prefer the Mint City. Okay, uh, so at least we have a little bit of a hierarchy developing. I am going to go into it as I hand uh, Morgan the No Fuchs Given collaboration beer. Uh, uh, I'm actually going to say I think this one kind of exceeds my expectations. Uh, sorry, Brandon. Uh, so, so we have differing opinions here, and I think it's very clear where they come from. It's the difference between really knowing what you're tasting and really not knowing what you're tasting. Um, so your, your vote doesn't count then, huh? Uh, I mean, I'm just no, that, that's up to the li- that's up to the <laughs> listeners ultimately. Um, 
I think what we see here is the difference between the Mint City Pilsner uh, being a little bit more craft and the Noda Pils being a little bit more, to the people, drinkable, a style that is more commonly found. Um, it almost gives back that sort of feeling of, of all the beers you know in your life. And so if you're not a beer aficionado, if you're not an enthusiast, the the pitch side pilsner really comes across as just a really good, really easy drinking, uh, feels good when you drink it. Whereas the the Mint City Collective, while good, comes across as here's a craft beer, here's here's some something a little bit more unique about it that, uh, for my taste personally, didn't come off quite as well as the flavor profile that maybe I have just really known growing up and came came back to me here. Uh, we're going to move on to the resident culture, no Fuchs given lager. And does everyone have theirs available? Yes. Please drink. Okay. So we're going to go in a different order this time. Katie. Yes. All three of these beers are remarkably similar. <laughs> that they are. <laughs> I, I think the reason they're remarkably similar is because the overarching theme of these beers is a football match. And they're all something that people would, they would want people to be able to enjoy during a hot summer day, during a football match. The marketing behind that makes sense. So why don't you tell us about the No Fuchs Given Lager, very recently released, and uh, tell us why it's special or not special. Sure. So for one, if you want a lager, resident culture is not a bad place to go. Uh, they make very good, true to style, high quality lagers. They even had a lager fest for the past several years, just showcasing the style. Um, so you can tell they know what they're doing, uh, which is great. So really happy for this partnership. Um, so the lager is still very easy drinkable, but has a little more heft to it than a Pilsner. Um, me personally, if I'm going somewhere and going to a brewery or to a bottle shop and I want something on the lighter side, I definitely gravitate more toward a lager than a Pilsner just cause it has a little more heft to it. You get a little more of like aftertaste, not in a bad way. Um, but a little more flavor too, uh, a little more complex. So this one I think is very good. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> so straight to my rating on that, um, I think they did a really good job. It is a crushable lager because sometimes they can feel a little bready or heavier. I, I think it even says on the can, crushable lager brewed in collaboration with Christian Foods and No Foods Given. So the fact that they used that exact word, crushable, as their first word on the can, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I would have to agree with you knowing absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> it, it is quite crushable, uh, but it has that like, deeper flavor profile that you kind of expect from a lager as opposed to a pilsner. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I say that, I'm going to make you give us your rating. Go ahead. Overperform? Yeah, I think it ever Or performs. exceeds? Well, yeah. it, it meets my expectations for resident culture lagers, but <laughs> it exceeds my expectations for a crushable, like, stadium beer. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, I am going to go to Morgan, and Morgan, I'm going to make you explain something to us, uh, us less knowledgeable people, that Katie said, and that is Katie said a lager is a deeper, more complex beer. Um, you having already talked about being someone who, who enjoys slightly more complexity in your beard, what does that mean? So I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say this is necessarily more complex. Um, it, I think the point Katie was making it it's heavier, and I 
and I mean that from like it feels like it sits on your tongue uh, a, a little longer. Um, it's also a little it's a little smoother than than the two pilsners um, on, on that front. There's a like there's a slight breadiness on the back of it, so the flavor is a little a little more complex. Um, but again, you got to remember most most beer that uh, like soccer is a huge obviously thing in Europe, um, and a lot of beer that's made in Europe, like um, 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, if you had gone to Germany and told them. Uh, you're going to make a stout that's got like nine different spices in it. Or, hey, I'm going to take your Berliner, uh, but I'm going to fill it uh, with, uh, uh, you know, pastry flavor and then a bunch of fruit. Um, they would have probably run you out of the country. Um, beer, beer in Europe, when you think about it, um, like if you ignore, if you ignore the British Isles, um, you think about the beer that comes out of Denmark Belgium, well, Belgium's its own special case, but you mm-hmm. think about Denmark, the Netherlands, Italy, France, all those beers typically run very similar to, to this style. Um, but I think it's extremely well made. Uh, to Katie's point, uh, resident culture has always made stellar, um, stellar lagers, stellar pilsners. Um, and honestly, this style of beer is how you truly measure whether or not the brewer knows what they're doing. Um, if you, you know, maybe have a little bit of an off flavor in an IPA or something doesn't quite turn out right, you can hop it more or toss in some fruit. Uh, there's nothing to hide behind in, in a Pilsner or a lager. If you did it wrong, everybody can tell. So, um, I'd say I agree with Katie on this one though, that this, uh, exceeds my expectations. Um, it's, I, I'm not going to say it's the beer I choose to drink the most at a soccer match, just because it is a little heavier. Uh, but out of the three beers we've had, um, it's the one that I've been most, the most impressed with. Okay. Um, so the panel has uh, two for three so far of exceeding expectations on the, the Novooks given lager. Uh, no pressure. Brandon, tell us what you're thinking. I mean, it's, it's a very good beer. Um, it's uh, got a little bit of sweetness, maltiness to it that you kind of a little bit look for in a lager. Um, to to last point, like you can't hide behind a lager. You, anything that any sort of all flavor, whatever. Um, yeah, thanks, Train. Uh, you know it's there. Um, so uh, yeah, resident culture has always done very good job. Um, I've it's just kind of funny to me that uh, you know when this beer was released, I would just I was looking on Twitter and that everyone was just like. It's a lager? What do you mean? Like, no food was given like that. It should have been like a double IPA. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> give me a lager. <laughs> like, like, do you want to drink a double IPA? Yeah, like, in you don't want to, no, you do not want to do this. <laughs> like, um, people were clamoring for uh, something high gravity. Okay, so I know, Morgan, you want to get on this. What do you well, think of it? Um, the other thing I tell you for people who have been uh, to the stadium, you don't want to drink high gravity beer at the stadium because next thing you know, you've maybe had a little too much. And if you're sitting in the upper section and you're tumbling down those steps, it is uh, probably not going to be a fun experience. Is this from experience from you? 
Uh, I'm not speaking from experience, okay. fortunately. However, <laughs> he's, he's I, not speaking from experience. You can see from my. Uh, I, I, I have I have watched a couple of people take a tumble or two. <laughs> I think you know, not that we want to talk about sports that aren't football, but my understanding is that the uh, stadium for the Charlotte Hornets uh, is also quite terrifying. If you may have had a little bit too much, uh, so so maybe it is a, a smart idea to keep. Keep our alcohol percentages too reasonable. Yeah. As someone who's gone to a number of Hornets games, um, those steps are so steep. If you're sitting in the upper level at the top, it's not just I want low alcohol. It might be I don't want to drink at all. <laughs> so what we might have learned here is that uh, all beer makers across the city have decided that sports team beers are going to be low alcohol percentage just to avoid the lawsuits from the stairs. Does that sound about right? I'm on board with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're going to go back over to you, uh, Brandon. Go ahead and give us uh, your sort of rating of the No Focus Given Resident Culture Lager. I think it exceeds expectations. Um, not that I didn't have low expectations coming into this, but um, I was very pleased with the way it tastes and everything like that. It's, you know, the first thing I do when I go to a new brewery is I look for the lager and order that. And then after the lager, check out the IPA. So, um the best of my palate, but that's just kind of a general thumb for myself. And a lot of people do that, but um, I heavily gravitate towards lagers these days anyway. Um, but this is definitely one that I would have no problem ordering over and over again at a brewery or a bar or whatever else. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm going to come in here with my rating, and I'm going to say that it, it actually exceeds my expectations as well, but for a slightly different reason than all of you. And that is, I did not think this lager was going to be good. <laughs> um, when it when it got released, I was one of those people who you talked about earlier that it was like, this is Christian Fuchs. I don't know if you've seen his brand, but it's pretty yeah. crazy. It it kind of fits the resident culture. Exactly. Brand, That's, which yeah. I'm wearing the t-shirt. So for those of you listening, won't be able to see it, uh, see me gesturing to the two brands, but look them up online. I kind of thought it was going to be something crazy. I thought it was going to be out there. I thought it was going to be wild. I thought it was going to be this really big uh, chance for for them to do something nutty, right? And then they were like, oh, it's going to be a lager. And I was like, mm, I have questions. Uh, and specifically, I have questions with, I, I thought, I had concerns going into this that they were just going to pump something out for the marketing. I thought they were going to be like, look, we get the chance to work with Christian Fuchs. We're going to get to bring him into the actual facilities once for him to like taste something and be like, that's great. And they were just going to throw this logger out with the expectation that people were going to buy it because it had Christian Fuchs' name on it. Um, I'll be honest, I actually don't think it's the one I would reach for out of the three. Uh, but it is delicious. And considering I, I had real concerns that it would be, I mean, just sort of junk that was thrown up because they knew people would buy it, I'm very happy to see that it really seems like they put together a, a beer worthy of their name. Uh, so... The, the the hardest and final question, and that is, uh, Brandon, if you have if you have a choice between any of these three beers, I'm going to assume you're going to pick the Mint City Collective one, correct? Correct. Yep. That would uh, be a homer, leg but... Legally speaking, you have to say that. Um, uh, <clears throat> let me talk to my lawyer real fast. <laughs> is that okay? Uh, so now that, now, that we've gotten, uh, now that we've gotten the expectations out of the way, uh, Morgan, you have the chance on a game day to reach for any one of these three beers. Which one are you grabbing? It, it really comes down to, am I at the match or am I drinking at home? 
Uh, if I'm drinking at home, I'm going with the no Fuchs given. Uh, but if I'm drinking at the stadium, I think I'm going with the Mint City Collective. Okay. Uh, then off to Katie. Uh, yeah. Which one Which one are you reaching for? I'm going for the lager all day. The no Fuchs given. Okay. Uh, well, then I get to be the bad guy who doesn't really drink that much beer and just likes the, <laughs> the flavor of home, if you will, um, and ends up probably grabbing the super easy drinking German lager. Uh, or German Pilsner, excuse me. Uh, so we will go ahead and take this opportunity. Uh, real quick, we're going to go around the table. These beers all now have a player that you're going to associate them with. I want you to think about the big screen in the stadium, and one of the players rolls up, stops the ball in a, in a sort of Captain Morgan-esque pose, and holds up a beer and says, the beer that I support is... We're going to start with the pitch side Pilsner. Uh, I'm going to give this to Morgan. Who is the player who is on that screen as they hold up the pitch side Pilsner? So I think, I think in terms of the beers we had, um, that was probably the cleanest one. Uh, so I'm going to go with Kalina, the goalkeeper, because, you know, clean sheet. Uh, that Ooh. is that is actually a spectacular that is reasoning. Great. I cannot even arg- I can't argue that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, Katie, you had uh, the resident culture far and away as you, as the one you're reaching for. I did. Who is the player who appears on the big screen and smiles in the in the marketing way as they hold up the the beer of their choice? So the obvious answer would be Fuchs, <laughs> but I'm going to add something else to it. We appreciate you. I think it could be Ben Bender because resident culture is like the the younger leaning, if you will, at least the south end south location yeah. <laughs> is. Um, I, I think he could rep some no fooks given. Okay, so uh, so Ben Bender, flowing hair and all, comes out oh, with the yes. with the no fooks given skull. He's skull got the adorned, aesthetic. Uh, you know, that's not the aesthetic I would have seen, but I, <laughs> I can get it from the from the perspective of knowing the breweries, which is why I bring you guys on. Um, and then finally, we will go to the Mint City Collective beer itself, uh, and you get to sort of wish this into existence, having been Ooh. a part of the beer. Okay, which one of these players do you want up there on the big screen? In, and badly mouthing the words, drink Mint City Collective. Ah, um, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, Brant Bronico. Oh, Brant Bronico. Brant Bronico, because um, he's in the, the heart of the field, in the very middle. Um, most beers, like America thinking, comes from American Pilsner, because that's the thing we've done forever, and that's in the heart of all beers in America, is... American Pilsner. So I feel like he's heart of the team. He's the worker. He's a workhorse. He's the brawny bro. So I think that fits him perfectly. Fantastic. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of a plug here for those of you who don't know. We just got to uh, bring Brant Bronico back into the studio. We are sitting in right now. And congratulations, Katie. You get the chair with the juju. Um, So we just recorded a long-form interview podcast with him. We get to talk about all sorts of, of dangerous pieces of information like the way he likes his pancakes and uh, some other, you know, really high quality reporting stuff. uh, If you are interested in checking that out, by the time this is released, that will be out for some time, Uh, but you will have the chance to go back and look for the big Brant Bronico interview. Uh, We are going to ask really quick, uh, the two co-hosts of the Barley and Hops group, 
do you want to give us a quick shout out and tell us about barley and hops? What is it? So, um, barley and hops is really uh, an interest group that grew out of some friends that we met at the Charlotte City Club who were like-minded beer individuals, and um, we decided to do monthly meetups. So we rotate through typically the newer breweries or ones that we don't think people visit often enough, and just hang out, drink beer, and meet new people. Okay, uh, so Barley and Hops, fantastic uh, local organization run by these two, and uh, having been the beneficiary of their knowledge a couple times, I can tell you it's a lot of fun. Uh, I will move over uh, to Mr. Lenny Boy himself. Uh, you, congratulations, you've gotten you've gotten this nickname in my head if no oh, one else's. You. Appreciate that. Uh, you want to tell us about Lenny Boy? And- yeah, um, yeah. So uh, Lenny Boy Brewing Company, we've been around for ten years. Just had our ten year anniversary um, back in April. Um, we make uh, beers and kombucha. You can find our beers all around town at grocery stores, bottle shops, uh, restaurants, and bars. Um, if you've got nothing going on this weekend, we have an away game um, at Columbus. But before that, you can come out to the Untapped Fest um, at uh, American Legion Memorial Stadium. Um, I'll be pouring a couple cool beers. Um, so if you come to that event, it'll be the first session. Come say hi. Um, i got to prioritize the game, obviously. So Yeah, the game is um, most important. Yeah, so work the festival and then go watch the game. But, yeah, if, uh, if you guys are around there this weekend, I don't know. This will be out by the weekend. I don't know. Uh, this one will not be out by okay. that particular event, but but from the future, look, hello. Yeah. Um, from glad the future, to meet hello. you at uh, Untap Fest. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can uh, just come out to the brewery in South End. Um, we make great beers, good kombuchas, sours, wild ales. Um, you name it, we've made it. So okay. So last question for the day, and then I'm going to release you all from your duties. Uh, and that is, I'm going to go around the table, and I'm going to ask you where you think Charlotte FC is going to finish in the table by the time the season is out. Uh, so no pressure, but the fate of the team rides entirely on you. I have no say in this. Uh, Brandon, you want to you take us yeah, away? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, we're going to finish uh, fifth in the table. Okay, that's optimistic. In I'm very optimistic. In the playoff spots, we're, we, even we're with getting, all the chaos? We're getting to the playoffs with all the chaos. Like, the way that the team played on Saturday just gives me a lot of hope for what's going forward. And um, we, we did it without our DPs and the key players, like Fuchs and McCoon. So just watching that and just knowing that they're going to keep working harder and keep trying and just going against all expectations, um, I think we can do it. It, you know... Um, fifth would be the highest, but I definitely think we'll make the playoffs. Okay, very optimistic. Uh, over to Morgan. As optimistic as Brandon, or? Uh, no, I still think uh, we've probably got some uh, growing pains. Um, still trying to work through, you know, some of the chemistry. Uh, obviously, the, the coaching change probably is not going to help. Um, I think we'll either finish just outside of the playoffs or we'll uh sneak in okay uh then last up to katie um and and that's a face you've got going on there so i assume <laughs> you've got something to say i have words um i actually think the coaching change is an advantage for the team if you've read anything um <laughs> fight 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 yeah, no. some some shade for my husband over here uh so i i'm gonna go with six okay you're gonna go with six yeah. split the difference uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have some very optimistic people on the panel and one very safe one here. Um, I will say I am also an optimist. Uh, it, I, I love this team. 
uh, I will always end up with an optimistic view just because I, I think that's a fantastic way to view the team. But I, I think sixth is a reasonably attainable goal. I do think fifth would be remarkable. I think something absolutely incredible would have to have to happen to jump that high. But I think like sixth. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least one, <laughs> maybe even two. Oh. I mean, let's oh, be honest. Hope. If we win two away wins, we're probably winning the league. We're so, getting, yeah, uh, we're gonna win the league. We're gonna win. Okay, I'm done. Uh, guys, thank you so much uh, to Katie and Morgan. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Cheers. And finally, to Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, this has been a bonus edition of the Crowncast. Uh, we talked about a few beers, and we discovered that if you are looking for something drinkable at the game and you enjoy craft beers a little more than your average person, you're probably going to reach for the Mint City Collective. If you are not a beer person and you're looking for something to sort of get you into it, uh, then you might reach for the Pitchside Pills. And if you are looking for something sort of at home or if you really want something that has a little bit more flavors, a little bit more complex, you can reach for the Resident Culture Lager. And we found out that... Uh, Really, no matter which way your preferences swing, they're all delicious. Okay, and we're back. We hope that you enjoyed that uh, little look way, way, way into the past. We'd like to thank all of our guests, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. We apologize that couldn't come out a little bit sooner, but we were waiting for a, an appropriate break in the schedule, and we think that the international break is what we would call appropriate. Uh, final thoughts on the day, Justin? You know, just uh, looking forward to hopefully having this match against uh, Philadelphia Union on Saturday. Uh, Hurricane Ian is targeted to to hit the area around that time. So I hope everybody in but the lower and upper bowls, reminder that there are still upper bowl uh, tickets for this one, uh, has an opportunity to be safe and hopefully relatively dry for this match. Yep. Be safe and we will talk to you again after we go and take our next three points from Philadelphia in a hurricane. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.